everybody. Welcome back to my podcast, which is at the corner of peace in mind with your host, Trinity Gwen. I have been eating, sleeping, and breathing this car this this podcast um <laughs> the past couple of days now. And I'm sorry that there wasn't an episode last week. There is a valid explanation for that. I am starting something new and it's gonna be coming out this week. I don't know when this week but it'll be really great if I finished it tonight. I have not many obligations tonight um, because it's like finals month. It's not finals week necessarily for my school. It's like this past week has been like the last times that we can meet in class, and then after that, you just come back for the final. It's something like that. So fingers crossed for this week. If it's not this week, I'd be really surprised but you guys will see it soon on my Instagram to promote it to go to the podcast's Instagram. So be prepared for that. Be on your P's and Q's. The Instagram is at cornerpiece underscore official. Peace like, you know, peace in mind, not like the corner piece of pizza. It is cool, though. I might, I don't know. But I'm very excited about today's episode because this is the start of a little mini-series of storytelling because I love storytelling it's my favorite thing it's why I'm in advertising and I've just I'm been doing really well um for the past couple of days and I am just ready for this semester to be over over (laughs) to be completely honest but let's get into it so my background in music is gonna gonna keep it short and sweet because there is an episode on that if you want to go back to it I sometimes listen back to my older episodes and I find that my voice has matured maybe by a little bit, which is understandable. It's about to be two years. I just didn't know that my voice would get either deeper in my older years. I just thought it just stuck. You know what I mean? But, you know, I surprise myself every year. So I wonder how my voice is going to sound in like three years from now. And I wonder how my voice is going to sound when I have kids because it's been known that women have um, a deeper voice after they have children. I wonder if that applies to everybody or all women. But yeah. So <laughs> back to this little mini series. So um, music, I have loved it for my entire life. And I thought a better way to explain music more in these episodes is to give you some storytelling because I have a great habit of storytelling all kinds of music any piece that's given to me classical wise because you know songs with lyrics have the story in them but when they don't you can make the story anything that you want so I am going to talk about all of the pieces I ever played in high school and it's a four-part series for obvious reasons, freshman, sophomore, junior, senior. And yeah, but for this first episode, I am going to get into freshman year, but I'm going to give you a little bit of background knowledge for you guys to go on because I'm sure there's not a lot of music people here. Yes, you guys listen to music, but when it comes to music theory, you know, I have to give you guys a little, you know, a little context about that so you can understand where I'm coming from and these words that I'm just throwing at you is just, you know, you're not ignorant and not, you know, you know, you don't really understand the words if I don't if I don't give you any context or any definitions. So I am going to explain to you um, how most the typical American marches are usually played 
Um, and this also, this series is going to be heavily edited because I'm adding music as I talk. And it's going to be fun. It's going to be a little extra work for me, but it's going to be more entertaining for you guys because it's like I'm not going to have you guys just go look for the song and play it while I'm talking. It's just it's easier for you. I want things to be easier for you, something that you don't have to do as much. And I think it's, you know, if you're falling asleep to this, it's good too because <laughs> I've been told that my I necessarily don't have – I have a YouTube voice, but not like Corey Berlizzi YouTube voice. You know what I mean? It's funny because I have my Spooky Scary Sunday hoodie on right now as I'm recording. But we were having a conversation about that, me and my roommate. And we were talking about how Keegan has a YouTube voice, and it's very funny. And I was talking to her about how she has like an older Berlizzi like roast voice. You know what I mean? And if you don't know Berlizzi or Corey Kenshin, you should definitely get on that train because they're very funny. The commitment on Corey's side is a little one-sided. You can't really depend on a lot of videos, but he has so much. He's been on YouTube for a very long time, so if you've never watched him, you have a lot to watch. Berlizzi, his commitment is 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 not as bad as Corey's, but it's just, it's something. But either way, um, I was told by Santi that I have... A, a like um she said I had an ASMR voice now I would never really like sit down and do ASMR and like touch the mic with water bottles and stuff but I can see where she's coming from because Keegan would tell me that he falls asleep to my podcast episodes and I took offense to that and I was like whoa wow I just I thought <laughs> you know I kind of thought like man I must be kind of boring or something like that I did I just kind of took it the wrong way or when anybody told me that because I was like whoa I just I put a lot of effort into episodes I talk about and you guys just fall asleep I thought it was a sleep out of boredom and not a sleep out of out of soothing out of soothness is that a word I don't know I'll look it up. I'm, my brain is working too much this week, but it's fine. I get paid tomorrow. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Um, <laughs> um, yes, a typical American march. I am going to use, I was in between which um, piece I was going to use, but we're going to get into how typical American marches are read and written as far as sheet music goes, but let's go back even further on how sheet music is written, Okay. So, if you've ever seen a piece of sheet music, there's always a clef. There's the bass clef, there's a tenor, there is a treble clef, and I think there's an alto clef. Those clefs, the altos and tenors, are kind of the ones that um, most saxophonists play. I think that's a that's the term for a person who plays a saxophone. Um, if I was wrong, let me know somewhere. <laughs> you guys have my Instagram. Um, yeah, so... There's usually a clef designated to majority um, instruments, and it's not designated to each one specifically. They just kind of merge with everybody. So I think I might have told you guys, but if I haven't, I'm going to refresh you. I want to play every single instrument that plays in bass clef. So the first um, instrument that I play, which I'm also excited, is because Wednesday, today's Wednesday, I just got the email that my package is home. My package is here. And you guys want to know what my package is? It's my trombone. It's my trombone. 
Um, I missed her so much. Her name is Calliope, which is very funny because Calliope is a completely different instrument than a trombone. I just thought the name was very, I don't know. I just like the name Calliope. So <laughs> she's coming and I got to find somewhere to play her because I've been just itching to play oh, my trombone. She's my trombone is my first love. Music is my first love. But um, what I need to get back into um, is um, trombone is the trombone is a bass instrument I mean a brass instrument and not all brass instruments play in bass clef so the trombone the euphonium and baritone and the tuba they all play in bass clef the bass clef looks like a c kind of with two dots in behind it just want to make sure that's right I, I know I'm right but I always second guess myself and that's bad that's actually going to be my first tattoo somewhere so yeah pretend like you're drawing a c backwards and you're putting two dots on the right side of the c that's as best as i can um explain it to you and then the treble clef is the most recognizable clef you know when you think of music it's gonna be that same clef if you're thinking about you know the little squiggle and stuff that's a treble clef. I'm not gonna explain it to you because I'm pretty sure everybody knows what a treble clef looks like. And if you look it up, you're gonna have like those, oh, that's what it is. It's it's that sort of, it's, that's what the treble clef looks like. So, um, what else plays in bass clef? The cello, which is why I also said I was gonna start playing the cello. I'm gonna buy myself one. We're gonna save on that <laughs> because it's pretty expensive. Um, the trombone, the bass clef, the tuba, like I said. Um, euphonium baritone is nothing that I'm too, um, you know, I'm going to, you know, practice it, but it's not going to be such a big stretch because the trombone and the euphonium are kind of somewhat the same instrument. But if you add like a tuba in there too, it's kind of, you know, the fingerings and muscle memory wouldn't be that big of a problem for me if I learned the baritone before or after the tuba, you know, so that I'm not worried about. Um, let's see. What else? I think the bassoon also plays in bass clef. The double bass, which is the biggest um, string instrument that plays in bass clef, because double bass. Um, a bass guitar, I think. <laughs> um, what else? I think there's about seven. Um, I'm gonna search that up. All I know is that there's about seven instruments. What instruments? I definitely spelled that wrong on accident. I was going too fast because I was too excited. Oh, there's 13. Um, <laughs> there's the double bass, the bassoon, the bass guitar, tuba, trombone, cello, contrabassoon, piano. I mean, if we're being technical. The French horn actually does play in bass clef. Whoops. Um, I didn't know that. Um, the guitar, the viola. I did not know the viola plays in bass clef. Interesting. The timpani the euphonium, the bass clarinet, the bass trombone, and baritone horn. So some of these are kind of like the bigger versions of other instruments. So we're not going to count that. Um, we could, um, <laughs> but that's that. A lot of instruments play in treble clef, bass clef. I, I'm pretty sure the trumpet, most you know, recognized instrument plays in treble clef, but that's that. So first, if you look at a piece of you know um, sheet music, when you're given, because a lot of um, pieces are designated to certain instruments, and that's, if you were wondering if they were different, that's why. So after that, 
comes the key signature. I'm not sure if the key signature comes first or the time signature, but just know they're together. So when you're given a key signature, there are like, they're just really micro notes designated to which, um, and which animals, <laughs> which notes play flat or which ones play in natural. So if you want to know if, People are looking at me while I'm recording, and it's interesting because I definitely have this room reserved. I don't know. Maybe I just look pretty today. Um, so the natural sign is kind of like, because we were taught how to write um, or how to draw a natural sign because, you know, you're going to have to need it. So pretend that you're drawing an L on the left side, and then pretend that you're, like, flipping it upside down while you make another one. So you're connecting the two to make a little box and that's how you make a natural sign. If that's a little confusing, just look up a natural sign and that's how that's that's just how we've been taught to make a natural sign. So if there is, you know, a couple of naturals and a couple of flats, it'll say like, "Oh, I'll play every um a in a natural or but most times with wind instruments, when I say wind instruments, most, you know, when in the um, musicians are using their actual body and string is different because their strings you're not really using your breath or anything like that so um a lot of times they're mostly flat and um it also tells you what key you're in so if you have one flat on the scale you're playing f major and d minor two flats b flat major g minor Three flats, E flat major, C minor, four flats, A flat minor, A flat major, and F minor. I'm so sorry if this does not mean, <laughs> does not make any sense to you guys. I tried to explain music theory to my roommate, and she just looked at me like I, she was just, she had no idea what I was talking about. But I just didn't want to, you know, I'm not going to talk about what these um, pieces aren't playing in and what what major key i just wanted to give you guys some you know little context if you ever looked at a piece of sheet music and you always wondered what these little logos and icons are playing before the actual music is being played i'll just give you a little context but i think the most thing that you guys will understand is the time signature simple math so you have a fraction right and you have four four or four-fourths, whatever you want to think of it whatever works best for you so four the numerator on top tells you how many beats are in a measure. You can probably hear me writing, right? So once you have that, the denominator tells you what note gets said beat, okay? So since there are four beats in a measure, every quarter note gets that beat. How much of a value do you think a quarter note has? One beat, right? Because if, if there's four beats in a measure, and every quarter note gets that beat, that means a quarter note equals one beat. Does that make sense? I hope it does. So there are two beats in a measure, and every quarter note also gets that beat. We're in two, four now. Most times this is kind of, this is um, not cut time. Cut time is two, two, and common time is four, four, because it's four, four is very common, if that you know, it makes sense. So two beats in a measure, quarter note gets that beat so at the end of the day there will always be two beats in that measure it will always count for two 
but a quarter note gets each beat. So it looks different in every measure. At the end of the day, though, it has to equal two beats. <laughs> I really hope this makes sense. I really do. Okay, so that's a little music theory for you guys. I might give you a couple of uh, words, um, like, you know, crescendo, decrescendo, um, sforzando, and things like that. All Italian words, I'm pretty sure. I hope that's right. Um, <laughs> so we're going to talk about American marches now. So if you've ever been in any high school or any, if you've ever played an instrument at all, more than about a year, you're going to have to play a march. It's kind of, it's, we're in America, people. So if we're going to, it's, it's, it's bound to happen. So, or something equivalent to a march. Me, I love a good march because that's when the most times trombones usually get the main melody or we're actually important. Most times we do get the, the, the backbeat. We get a lot of oompas. I, I'll, I'll explain that to you. It, it, once you hear what I mean by oompas, you'll probably understand it once I give you, you know, an example to play. Um, the tubas and the trombones, mostly low brass in general. When I say low brass, that's the euphonium, the tuba, and the trombone. If you don't know what a euphonium is, it's like a miniature version of a tuba. Euphonium people would hate that I said that, but for <laughs> non-music people, in the most simplest terms, that is what a euphonium looks like and a baritone. So, um, and there's also mellophones. But mellophones are kind of like a hybrid version of a euphonium and a cornet or trumpet at the same time. But mellophones are usually played in marching band. We'll get into that later. I get really excited when I talk about this stuff. So um, <laughs> when it comes to American marches, which is bound to happen if you ever have a music career at all, um, they're all kind of written in the same format. And if you know anything, um, famous John Philip Sousa writes the most recognizable famous marches ever so i was in between using semper fi or like semper fidelis um i think that's the marine song of, i hope i hope i'm right i think i'm right don't quote me on that though or el capitan who is i think it's also written by Sousa. he's written a lot of stuff um and Sousa, which is also like a sousaphone sousaphone is basically like the marching band version of a tuba because you can't walk and march with a regular concert tuba. That would be very, um, <laughs> really difficult. But the sousaphone is kind of the instrument that kind of wraps around you. If you've ever been to a college homecoming or anything like that, that's a sousaphone. So I keep, <laughs> I keep getting excited and keep getting away from what we're talking about. So American marches usually consist of an introduction, a first strain, a second strain, second strain, a trio, a break strain and a coda. And I'm going to explain those to you in the most simplest ways that I can. And then I'm going to give you guys, you know, a play by play with a song playing. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. So introduction. So the introduction usually sets the mood of the music. Okay. And then that's just, that's just the introduction, you know, maybe like a, a drum roll or something like that. A first strain is usually the main melody. It's usually how people usually recognize the march, and this is repeated. So a first strain and a second strain, they're always repeated. And then a first strain is usually eight or 16 measures. Remember when I said measures in the beginning? Those are like the cut notes between, you know, dignifying every four 
four beats or two beats or eight beats, you know, that's a measure. <laughs> and along with four measure phrases, because like I said, most marches are in four, four time or cut time or two, four. Um, and then the often, the second time, because like I said, the first strain is often repeated. The second time is played in either a different dynamic or different instruments are playing that same first melody, okay? Now we're gonna get on to the second strain. So second strain introduces a second melody that's repeated. And like I said, again, it's sometimes played in a different contrast and this one's usually 16 measures long. So the trio, how you can tell what a trio is um, it's the melody of, it's like the featured melody of the march. So if you don't recognize the first strain, the featured melody is really like, oh, okay, this is Semper Fi, this is what the Marines play. So it can usually be identified by a key change or an immediate or abrupt change in volume. So if it just goes from loud to really soft, more than likely you're in the trio part. Now the break strain. The break strain breaks up the march between the trio and the coda which is like the ruckus part, or like a lot of older musicians call that the dog fight of the, of the march. Because the break strain kind of like, it's very loud, it's very obnoxious, it's, it's very easy to understand um, if you were given these terms. And now the coda, Beethoven is known for introducing the coda because <laughs> like the TikTok sound, you just wrap around. The coda wraps right back around from the second strain returns to the audience returns the audience to a final rendition of the trio theme with modification. So you can hear the trio featured melody, but like I said, with different modifications. And that is how American marches are usually made. So we're gonna see how we're gonna do this because I also have to listen. Um, I also have to listen along so I'm not you know going ahead or anything. So give me one second. All right. We've got our makeshift thing going on in here. And I've got one headphone to listen to my mic and another headphone, like my little AirPod, to listen to the piece. So hopefully it's not too loud that it just kind of, we're going to actually go down a little bit. So I'm going to choose Semper Fi, Semper Fidelis, and we're going to start. And I'm going to have this played in the background. So Trinity, get the music played. All right. So. Here's the introduction, sets the mood of the music. Now we're in the first strain. This is the main melody, like I said. Usually how people recognize this march. I've been playing marches for so long, I can tell when it's about to be repeated. First strain is repeated again. second strain. John Philip Sousa is very known for having sustained notes. Second strain repeated again. Now we're getting into the trio, which is usually a key change.
see the immediate abrupt change in volume. It's from soft, from the previous strings being a little bit louder. Now after this, we're gonna get into the break strain. Like I said, the ruckus part of the song. It's very loud. Again, I said obnoxious. It's probably the most fun part of playing a march. So we're about to get right into the break strain again. And then we're gonna get into our coda, I believe. Maybe after a couple more measures. Now we're going to do a wraparound. This actually sounds like the second strain, so they probably made a coda to wrap around to the second strain. That's the sustained note that Sousa is very known for. So yeah, that's Semper Fi. I'm gonna give you guys El Capitan to listen to so you can have a better one. This is something that I actually played my freshman year, so it counts. Trinity, get the second one ready. Introduction, probably one of my favorite marches I've ever played. First strain, this is probably easier one to um, decipher. get into a repeated of the first strain. You see how the euphoniums are playing a separate melody in the background from the first strain that was repeated the first time? It's different. Now we're gonna get into our second strain. Pause. you can hear if you listen back I love listening back that's a big thing for me I listen back to the trombones I listen back to the tubas the euphoniums they're like the offbeats they're the motors of the band second strain repeated again now we're into the trio Sustain them again. Ruckus part. And Coda, basically. It's kind of like wrapped all in one. Nice. So there you go. That's usually how most American uh, marches are played. If I did anything wrong, which I kind of feel like I did, it kind of feels like it's a little all over the place. <laughs> 
uh, my colleagues from high school days call me out. Um, but I feel like I did enough. So when it comes to storytelling, I have a little bit. Marches, not so much. I do have a few marches, just not from this year of storytelling. So um, the first piece that I technically ever played was um, for summer. So this was before I actually played in a curriculum band, hence like having band class every day. So when I moved to um, the suburbs, I had um, an opportunity to play for the summer for about two weeks to get myself acclimated to the culture, the, you know, the vibe, because it was very different from playing inner city elementary school music to suburban high school music that you're actually in tune with all of the students playing. They sit down. These are kids that get private lessons all the time. It's, you know, it's a very different environment. So I had to get myself prepared. So I took a long time learning and teaching myself music theory. And it worked out. But I was still very, very, very much intimidated. So um, the first pieces I ever played for that summer program was this piece called, there were three pieces. There was Night in the Tropics, Instant Concert, which that doesn't really have much of a story because Instant Concert is a medley of very um, famous melodies. Like there's When the Saints is in there, there's Jingle Bells. It's just all over. It's Instant Concert. It's just, it's like, it's very cheese. Um, my t- <laughs> my sophomore um, band teacher, she would, uh, actually all of our teachers in high school would be like, hey, you guys want to play some cheese? And it's just cheesy music, you know, like Star Wars, um, a cartoon symphony is basically just the medley of the famous cartoon theme songs like the Flintstones, Pink Panther, uh, what else? Looney Tunes was something else. The Animaniacs, all of that. The Simpsons, just cheese. <laughs> it's very fun. So that's what we call it. But um, I want to start off with Paidushko too. Paidushko, Night in the Tropics, an instant concert. Paidushko was the piece that I was just like, wow, I'm in high school. Like, this, this is, I'm with the big dogs now. I'm just, it was such a shift. So I'm going to get Paidushko put up here. Trinity, also get it ready for you. And we're going to start. We're not going to listen to the whole piece because it is seven minutes. Um, but it's a very, it's a great song. I listened to it for seven minutes. Um you know, if you guys actually want to hear the full songs, just let me know, and then we can do that for the next ones. Um, you just gotta, you just gotta let me know. <laughs> so, let's start with Padushko. It is a piece. Uh, sorry, I'm waiting for it to load. Padushko is a piece by Alfred Busendorfer. It's got like two dots on top of the O. Um, it is a Balkan rap city. So. Balkan, the Balkan Peninsula, or that region in Europe kind of um, comprises of a lot of different countries. So it's Hungarian, it's a little bit of Greek, the northern parts of Greece, it's Turkish, it's Romanian, it's Croatian, it's a lot of other countries um, that I didn't mention. So you can hear a little bit. It's a little polka-ish in some parts. It's really bouncy. Um... This part specifically, the one that we get into right now, this makes me think of like, it's very, this part is very Russian to me. It's, even though it's not in that set region, it's very like 
dancing in a circle. It's very polka to me. It's like a big family dancing in a circle and it just gets rapidly faster. Like Fly to the Bumblebee too, now that I think about it. Now this part, this one's the more flowish, just very, it's kind of a waltzy kind of, this might actually, the, let me see, I'm trying to read the music. I don't know if the time signature gets into 3-4. No, it's not, but it's it's very bouncy. It's very fun. I'm gonna skip over a little bit to get to my favorite part. This is like, this part that I call <laughs> is um, the Godfather part. It makes me think of, you know, Italian mob, Russian mob, a little bit of Aladdin in there too. Arabian Nights are in there for me for some reason. But mostly this is like the, I think of the pan of Aladdin when this part plays. Maybe just me, I don't think it is just me. If you really love Aladdin, it makes a lot of sense. It's very fun, it's a very fun piece. Um, I have way better stories for my sophomore, junior, and senior years. Well, m mainly sophomore, junior, because senior was kind of cut a little bit short because of COVID. But that's enough for Paidushko. I'm pretty sure he's Austrian. I tried to look more into him, but Google was acting like he was never a person on the planet. So I just kind of took a shot in the dark and try to look at the last name specifically. I was like, okay, this might be a little Russian, this might be a little German, this might be a little Austrian. I don't know. I just kind of took a shot in the dark. We're gonna try. Um, next is Night in the Tropics. It's very, very fun by Louis Gottschalk. Um, this, that, this, that's, <laughs> whoa, this specific last name. <laughs> um, I was kind of in between of what? place this is from where his um last name comes from but night in the tropics it's kind of it's in of itself it's a night in the tropics there's another song that's like this in my junior year called begin for band it's very tropical i can't wait to talk about that song with you guys When I thought about playing this song, you know, I didn't really have a story in the beginning because I was so focused. I was so hell-bent on playing the songs, right? So the first songs that I played specifically for the summer, I was just like, I was too focused. I was way, I was too hell-bent. I was, I was, it's about drive, you know? But it's very cool. I think of, I think of 
Cuba in this song because there is, you know, Cuban dances in here. We're gonna stop there. But instant concert, I'll give you guys instant concert, sure. Like I said, this one didn't have any story to it because they're all just, you know, famous melodies. We actually played this piece around the same metronome. The, the word metronome means, you know, how fast we're going. So if you ever see something that's like metronome equals 70 or quarter note equals 70, it's, it's how fast we're going. I'll give you that in the next episode. It's a famous opera which foreshadowed my music career because we actually played this melody in a marching band show that we did in my junior year of high school, which was fun. I foreshadowed my own self. It's funny. It's like the Nutcracker. I'm pretty sure. Or the Sugar Plum Fairy. You know, this is the Wedding Bride song. Big Ben. I think about that London, UK thing. Jingle Bells. I actually don't know what this is. I don't know what this is until we get <laughs> to the other songs. This is to any of my Jewish fans out there. There's a lot of Christmas songs in here. Now we're gonna get into the When the Saints. Funny thing about this piece when we played it, whoever got the melody stood up every time we played. So when the Saints come marching in, all the trombones sat up and sat down. And this part was fun because the woodwinds would stand up because they're usually positioned in the beginning. So woodwinds would stand up and then they would like, Actually, the woodwinds would stand up here, sit down, and the brass would stand up. It's kind of like, it was really fun. It's not all seriousness, guys, when we play. We have a lot of fun on that stage. So that's that. And I think I'm going to wrap around near the end to my last piece. We had Country Bandstand. I'll feature it, but Country Bandstand um, had three movements in it. So there are a lot of pieces out there that are not just solely one piece. Um, there are a lot of suites. Um, when I say movement, sometimes there's a whole piece because this piece is called Country Bandstand and there are three movements. There's the march, there's the chorale, which is like mostly when all the, it's what I think of a chorale, I think is, <laughs> which is really funny because I had a friend in high school, his name was Brian and he would, <laughs> He would purposely call the chorale the chorals. I always thought it was funny. So um, it was very funny. So to me, a chorale is kind of how 
the entire ensemble kind of melt into each other because you've got so many instruments with so many different colors when i say colors that means timbre and when i say timbre it's just kind of the timbre timbre and color are the same thing but how to explain it to you guys it's kind of how let's say how bright the sound is or how mellow the sound is when you think of a trumpet their timbre is very bright. It's very it's very high pitched. It's like it's really it's kind of strainy, but that's kind of what trumpets are. But their timbre doesn't have to be like that all the time. Their their natural timbre is just it's very bright. When you think of a flute, their natural color and their timbre is just very soft and you never really associate flute with harshness or anger, but you can. You can. That's what music is all about. So that's the best way I can explain it to you. Actually, I lied. I don't want to play Country Band Sam. It wasn't the best one. That was just the one that I initially played. Maybe I'll play it out like an, as an outro. But what I really, really, really excited to play is Beethoven's Greeting. Oh, man. To be with this exact same ensemble from freshman year again, it would be amazing. Because every year, you don't get to play with the same people. Um... You can move upward. You can audition to be in wind ensemble, wind symphony. You can stay in. You can stay in band. Don't audition and just get moved up just by your musicianship, how you are in class, and stuff like that. And Beethoven's Greeting was a piece that we played for Masterworks. So every year around Christmas time, we get a. Um, in high school, we got a concert called the Crystal Concert, which is you know a lot of songs centered around Christmas and you know this is their chance for everyone you know the jazz ensembles and choir and chorus they're all singing and they audition to get into the concert but it's just for sophomores and up um I just think it was because our school was too big and there's always a finale near the end of the crystal concert and that's where everybody, literally everybody who's performed in the Crystal Concert fits into the auditorium. It's really nice. And I feel like if you just add freshmen in there, uh-uh. <laughs> it's too crowded at that point. It's a beautiful concert. I think I only was able to do two because of COVID. Cause, and plus I was you know, a freshman. So the freshmen, because they didn't get a Crystal Concert, they got a Masterworks concert. They got their own little thing. So... That year, it was Beethoven, I think the, you know, masterwork of Beethoven's Greeting or whatever, but Beethoven's Greeting wasn't written by Beethoven, it was by Philip Spark. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I'm going to play that, and then Trinity get that hooked up for me, and we're going to start. So this piece is seven minutes. A lot of pieces are usually... I don't think I've ever played a piece that was about a minute long. That's never going to happen. I think the least is about three minutes. The least that I've ever played was like three minutes. Um, I'm going to fast forward, trend fast forward a little bit to... one twenty-six. Such a beautiful song. I have favorite parts of this song that give me the storytelling that I want to give you, but there's not a lot of storytelling freshman year. 
which, you know, kind of bums you guys out. Maybe not that much. Hopefully not that much. But this is just the introduction episode. We'll get more comfortable in the next couple of weeks. I have two favorite parts. Skip to 407 trend. So this part of the song is my most favorite part. It's very light, it's very bouncy. The trombones get their little um, feature, but I actually didn't play that part. It was Will and Lauren who played that. But this part, I played the bass trombone part, so the lower notes that round everything out. This reminds me of like a, any Disney movie and you're outside and you're looking out and it's like the first snow, it's like the first fall of snow. And then you just got the call and your mom just told you that you can stay in your pajamas because there's a snow day. That's my favorite part. So now we're gonna move to the end. We're gonna get to the end of the song, which always makes me a little emotional because this we have worked so hard on this piece. And every time, I remember one day we were practicing this end, it was like two or three to the end, two or three to the end, countless times. And our orchestra, one of our orchestra teachers came in and he was just such in awe of all of us. We were like 14, 15 year olds playing this piece. There was so much emotion into it too because all of us were so confident in playing it now because we all knew exactly what to play, how to play it, listening to each other, toning each other down so another instrument could play. It was it was great. It always makes me, it kind of makes me tear up a little bit, I'm gonna be honest. Oh man, oh man. You guys, I almost I almost left this episode without even giving you guys the other songs that I played, because I thought I thought I didn't play that much in freshman year, but oh my goodness gracious. There is this song that we played called Spitfire. And it was the the it was the most fun ever. Because the trombones, you rarely, if you're a trombonist, you rarely get to gliss in any of the songs that you're given. But when you do, you make it your mission to make that gliss pierce through the entire ensemble it's so fun so spitfire by gary gilroy i'm playing a little bit to give you a little context in the beginning but i am gonna fast forward I'm going to fast forward to, we had, I think this piece was actually played in 
Yeah, I think this piece was played in 9-8, and everyone, like I said, we were all freshmen, so we were kind of new. This was probably our fourth year of playing our instruments. So when we were given 9-8, all of us was just like, uh, uh, I don't know. So I'm going to give you context, 9-8, nine, 9 beats in a measure. Every eighth note gets that beat, so two, three, four, five, six. Or it was six, eight. It might have been six, eight. Because I forgot it's been years. I think it was six, eight. This is the James Bond part that I love oh so much. This is kind of when I think our baritone and bassoon kind of go hand in hand. It's like the best, I never thought about this collab, but they, their colors are so great together. They kind of melt into each other, to be honest. Or maybe it was just the saxophones. Like, like I said, it's been years. There you have the clarinets creeping in in the back a little bit. You're gonna have trumpets use this thing called a harmon mute. If you ever heard of harm harmonica, it kinda it's got that little grainy sound. Yeah, the trombone, my favorite part. So fun. Ah, I love it. This is the James Bond part. This is all mysterious 007. <laughs> that was great. So, yeah, if <laughs> you're ever given a gliss as a trombonist and you don't play that gliss like you're supposed to, you're going to get called out. There are so many times when there was a gliss and I'd, I'd give them a little something and my um, compo like my composer, my <laughs> conductor would be like, "Play that out, play it out. It's make it nasty, make it a gliss. It's so fun. It's great, but don't get too dramatic with it. Sometimes, if you're in like a march, yeah, be respectful because sometimes there's a march and yeah, whatever. Um, <laughs> there's that one, and then what was the other one? There was Spitfire." Um, Radetzky March, which was very, very funny because this sound was a very famous TikTok sound. It was, everyone started using that for some reason. And I was like, wow, this is my flex. I knew about this song before everyone got it on TikTok. And you guys probably know exactly what I'm talking about. So I'm going to play it really quick. Yeah played that freshman year of high school and everyone years later was like okay I'm gonna use this song to make drawings about how me and my boyfriend fall asleep during you know go to sleep at night and it was funny because you guys like like if you've ever seen that trend it was like <laughs> so many people making doodles of them and their partner and how they sleep throughout the night and how they get up or like they go to sleep or someone is like falling asleep on another person and they go away and they come back because they got too hot it was funny. I was just like, you guys just chose this song <laughs> for this little trend. It's really funny. Um, I feel like I have one more. It was Paidushko, Country Bandstand. 
Beethoven's greetings. Oh, Solas Ane. Yes, because that is a very important piece for me. And you know why? Because that was my first ever bass trombone part. So you're, there's a lot of, um, there's things called chairs when you're in an ensemble, your first chair, second chair, third chair. So when you're given a piece, um, I'm gonna set the scene out for you guys. Whenever a band gets a new piece, you're either given like first clarinet, second clarinet, third clarinet, first trombone, second trombone, third trombone. And with that, the first, um, the first trombone is always playing the most um, pieces maybe the most that are above the staff and when i mean above the staff the higher notes and the second it's kind of medium it's in the middle and then the third are playing some that are below the staff near the bottom of the staff but bass trombone you're playing below below the staff like with an extra line under the note type type beat you know what i mean so <laughs> this was something that i loved because when i was given trombone because like i said i mentioned to you guys a lot that i don't i never chose to play trombone it was given to me and when i thought about tubas and trombones i thought how like big and dopey they were because they had these the ability to make these big low ground shaking um pedal notes so when i think of that um, and I was given that, I was like, whoa, this is, this is it. I, I just, I made it. Um, Solas Ane makes me think of How to Train Your Dragon, and I will play that Trinity, get that made, um, get that set up while I talk. Wow, we're at an hour now. While we edit this, this might not be an hour, <laughs> but it, wow, it's a lot um, to edit. But it's okay, it's okay. I love you guys, and you guys love me, hopefully. Um, so Solas Ane is... Uh, it's like a Scottish, it's it's very Scottish, it's very Irish, a little bit of, you know, I think of mostly Scottish, I definitely think of that, and definitely think of How to Train Your Dragon, so I'm going to play that. Now, when I was given bass trombone, I was like, shit, I don't know how to play these notes, but I have to make them as low as possible, because... It's just something about the low brass, man. I love how low brass make the entire ensemble just an entire circle. It's like a foundation. It's adding so much contrast because if you don't have those low notes, just like in this part right here, how you can hear how the low brass continue or the low brass introduce themselves. It's it's so much fuller. It's like a it's like a like someone put out a blanket on top of the bed and it just fully flattens itself it flattens itself out without you having to to get in the way and just to maneuver it it's my favorite thing so i'm gonna scoot to the part trend go to stamp 125 so listen back literally this was my part voice in there that was me and the tuba of course sometimes it's hard to hear because they're so low but 
my lungs were not as fully developed as they are now. Lot it's a lot of relaxing your jaw. It's a lot of like tight corners at the same time because there's this thing called embouchure when you're playing, you know, a wind instrument. You're using your entire body. And when you do that, it really, it really um, dictates how you're playing the piece. If you're playing in double forte, double for, fortissimo, it's a very loud piece, right? So you're using a lot of your body. You're making sure your corners are tight. There's this thing called a staccato, which is like usually a dot on top of the note to make it very short and sweet, but very full at the same time. A lot of these terms that I'm telling you can contradict themselves, but if you're a musician, you understand. So this is the part where I think of like how to train your dragon. It's beautiful. I love it. <laughs> so many memories. I had to play a low C. Regular C is just okay, but even a lower C below the staff. Oh, I can't wait to go get my trombone after this. I'm so excited. So, so excited. So that's, that's actually all the pieces that I want to show for freshman year. Um, this has been fun. Um, my throat for, you know, talking for about an hour nonstop is a lot of work. So I'm gonna not talk <laughs> for a couple of hours, even though that might not be true. And I really hope you guys enjoyed this episode. It's very different. The next three are gonna be more fun because they actually have stories. I might get into dancing number two. I feel like I explained that somewhere, but I will get into that because I love explaining dancing number two. I explain that to so many of my friends. So um, I have our message for the end of the week. Sorry. Um, my voice is at that vocal fry now that um, I don't want to get too excited because it's very dry. And this room, like I always complain, is kind of cold, but it wasn't as cold as it was today. Um, man, um, okay. So my message for you isn't from someone, it's me. It's not from, you know, an author like I met. Um, you are the only person that can turn your world around because you can't wait on anyone else to do that for you. You have to do the work. It's hard. I know it's very hard. It's so, it's very challenging, but the outcome is all worth it because you may, it's, it's such a big thing to want to be at the finish line, but that in between makes it worth it and makes it, and makes it seem, you, you, you know that you worked for it. That sole purpose of the in-between stage of the finish line is to make sure that you understand that this is where you're going. Um, again, you the only person who could turn your world around is yourself. You can have friends, you can have people to support you, but if you don't even support yourself, then what are you even doing? So that is that. I love you guys. If I you know, gave you guys a little playlist or want any songs that you want me to you know, put in a little playlist for classical music. If you guys never liked classical music and all of a sudden you guys did, let me know and I can make something for you and, you know, we could talk more and have conversations. I love you guys. I'll see you soon. <laughs>